Well, um, I have a couple things. Paula says, well, I'm going to pray for Brian, and then he'll pray. I, I kind of figured out I'm offending a bunch of pastors everywhere I go because they all say, well, Brian will pray after I get done. It's like their prayers don't have any impact, and so I'm not going to pray. <laughs> Would you guys grab your Bibles and go with me to Ephesians chapter 1? Ephesians chapter 1. Now, as you're turning there, I want to introduce an idea to you of what we're going to be looking at on the idea of breakthrough. In the Bible, the Bible comes and says breakthrough comes a couple ways to us. One, it comes through the renewing of your mind. So the scripture says, hey, begin this process of thinking God's thoughts after him and a transformation will happen. Another is the power of God, which we just did when we prayed with each other. We believe that God's power is actually available to actually do a work. And we also believe that uh, um, transformation comes out of relationships. Now, when what we need to do, or what I'm going to do tonight, is we're going to try to hit all three of levels of this idea of breakthrough. That it, it comes by God's presence, it comes by the renewing of our mind, and it comes by our relationships, not only with God, but with each other. Okay? So here what we're going to do is um, we're going to introduce in Ephesians chapter 1, actually verse 3, is we're going to talk about what we would call the way God wants you to understand how his kingdom works. Now, lo and behold, uh, since I get these guys' podcasts, I know they've been teaching on the gospel of the kingdom. And so I'm going to make sure I use the phrase kingdom as we do that. Okay? But when there are some things about the kingdom of God that I, I want to kind of just throw out at you. This is some what we call basic understanding of the kingdom. There's what we would call a rhythm in the kingdom of God. So what I mean by that is the way that Jesus as a king relates to you is he either has you in a season of learning who he is or go, what we'd say going deep with him. And this comes to us out of Luke chapter 17, verse 21. Or we have a, uh, after we've been filled for a season, the Lord has revealed something to us of his goodness or his nature. That process of being filled isn't to just become satisfied, it's to spill over. And then there's a season where we go out. So literally, your whole Christian experience is about a rhythm, knowing the rhythm of the grace of God in your life. Is God calling me to go out, which we see in Matthew 28, which is the Great Commission, or is he calling me to come and be with him so that I can go deep with him? Now, each person in this room has actually experienced the grace of God that way. You're either being called to go deep with Jesus right now, or you're being called to take what he's given you and give it away. And if you don't understand this rhythm in yourself or the community that you're in, in the body of Christ, what happens is, is you try to force everybody to step into what you're doing instead of what God is doing in them. And so we want to discover what is the rhythm in people's lives. And when we talk about this rhythm, I would say in the middle of that is this idea of how does a foundation in the kingdom of God get laid in your life and my life. And I actually believe it comes from the idea that God is for you. But if I just say, hey, God's for you, most of us go, well, how does that work? What does that look like? And so the Bible describes this idea of breakthrough coming from, I told you, relationship. And so God has, by calling you to be a Christian, or the term that we use in the scripture, in Christ, he has defined you and your identity brings breakthrough. There are five ways that the scripture actually talks about identity. So let's just lay those out for you real quick. Five ways the scripture talks to you about your identity in Christ. 
Okay? First one is called relationship. So God has chosen to have a different type of relationship with you now that you're in Christ. So instead of the wrath of God being upon you, now you're the apple of his eye. It means that he has chosen from, when you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, he has chosen that he will not bring judgment to you ever again, but only his favor. And, you know, you guys realize this? How many of us just always think, oh, I'm just three steps away from God saying, I've had about enough of you, get out of my family. And yet, this whole idea of being in Christ and being justified by the Lord and him making a pronouncement of forgiveness is the idea that God will never change his opinion of you. He has chosen not to judge you. He's chosen in Christ to be for you. And I believe that once that transformation or that scripture comes alive inside of me, I stop living in this sense of being afraid to relate to God and full of shame. It's a transforming concept from the scripture. The, the next one we have is what we call inheritance. So there's all kinds of scriptures in the, the Old and New Testament that talk about the fact that God has made you to have an inheritance in Christ. Now, if you guys have done any study on inheritance, you realize that most people think my inheritance is after I die. So after I die, I go into heaven, and that's an awesome place, and all I get to do now in Christ is just suffer all the time. Well, the way the word, the word inheritance is described in both the Old Testament and the New Testament is it's an allotment of a blessing of God that you actually live out while you're on this planet, and then you reach the fullness of it when you step into eternity. And so, but if you do not understand that, you don't expect it. You don't even, uh, you just believe, well, you know, in reality, God's created me to suffer. Job and I are friends, and I'm just going to kind of live like that. And so you never expect God to ever do anything to show you his favor. You just believe, well, he's done this, he saved me, I guess that was enough. But the Bible doesn't say that's enough. It says there's all kinds of things that God wants to do for you to convince you of something. Now, this is important. God is on a mission in your life to convince you that he loves you. And so this idea of being in Christ is he's going to do one thing after another to surprise you of how good he is, not to just convince you how good he is, but how much his goodness reveals his love to you. The third area that we have in what we would call being in Christ, or this idea of breakthrough, is the idea that um, I have a um, transformation that I've been called to. So it's amazingly... A lot of people see the only transformation, when I talk to people, most people see the transformation as, I have just gotten saved. But the Bible actually says, really, that's where you start in the idea of transformation. You start in transformation. The whole walk of knowing the Lord Jesus Christ is he is powerful, and because he's powerful with the way he expresses love, you come into constant transformation. In fact, you know how we always are afraid of change? If you understand God's perspective, his change is to make you better and more blessed. You should be welcoming change. So a lot of people think, why do I have to go through this trial? Because you're going to get blessed. The goal is not to destroy you. It's to prove something of God's transformative power in your life. And so when we begin to understand that in Christ, all of a sudden we begin to look at life and we say, really, I've been called into a different type of existence in Christ where we all go through struggles, we all go through trials, and we all go through the, what we call living in a fallen world, but for the believer, Christ is in the middle of it with you, and so what happens to you is different from the person that's in rebellion to the Lord. The fourth area is what we would call position. 
So uh, in Christ, this transforming thing is God says he's put you in a position in the world. Uh, I think this, it finally hit me, and I've shared this, uh, I don't know if I've shared it here, but it's, it's affected me many times. I finally realized what it means to be in Christ by watching the Chronicles of Narnia. Because The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, I think, is a great story in the fact that it shows this idea that you can have children that go through a closet, and when they go through the closet, they come out the other end as kings and queens, and everybody relates to them that way. They still see themselves as kids trying to be on adventure. And I think the whole analogy is, is through The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, is that's what you've done. You didn't go through a door. You actually died with Christ. And when you were raised on the other end, your identity changed. And the way the world relates to you is in that new identity. And so the spiritual world relates to you. It's amazing. We're the only one that doesn't understand who we are. Everything in creation actually understands who we are. The enemy knows who we are. God knows who we are. Even the, the world that we live in knows who we are. We're trying to figure it out. And so we've been called into a position of representing what it means to be a new creation. Isn't that fun? And then the last one is this. You've been given a call. So the last way that the Bible talks about transforming is you've been called to something. And this is not the idea that you've been called to like full-time ministry or not full-time ministry. In fact, I, I got to say this. That's such a, a, a weak way of looking at calling. Who cares if you get paid for representing Jesus or not? You're actually getting paid by Jesus to represent him, whether it's a job or what we call full-time ministry. Jesus is financing you in your calling no matter where it's at. And so because of that, we need to realize it's not about money or not money. It's about how God has called me to represent him in the world that I live in. And I know you guys find this to be interesting, but the Bible calls you things like salt. Isn't that exciting to realize that you're called salt? And so most people never study what it meant to be salt, but there's a whole meaning to that of being in Christ. So God has made me salt to the world. And so that means that the things that I endure represents that identity. He's also called me to be the light of the world, just like you. And so what it means to understand that is my identity. That's why the things I go to, they make sense when I understand why he called me that, why he's called you that. Now, as we get into this, I'm going to go specifically into your inheritance tonight. And that's what we're going to look at it in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. So let's look at it. This is breakthrough, okay? Now, this is something that God has to reveal to you because you will not discover this on your own. Which, really, the whole gospel and the whole reality of God relating to us is God has all these things in his heart. He wants to give them to you, but if he doesn't tell us what he's going to do, we wouldn't actually figure this out on our own, which uh, I'm grateful for. I'm glad that God is willing to tell us. Now listen to this statement, and then we'll actually tear it apart and say, what is God truly trying to say to us about this? It says this, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, in Christ. Okay, so a lot of us say, oh, well, I have every spiritual blessing. But it's trying to make a statement here. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. And so you're, this idea of an inheritance, by the, word, by the way, the word inheritance means an allotted portion. So in heaven right now, you're, if you know Christ, your name is already written in heaven and you have an inheritance that has been allotted to you, which means... The grace of God 
is in alignment with you being in Christ, and he releases it strategically, consistently, until you step into eternity. It's been allotted to you. All right, and so it's something that you should begin to expect. Now, here's a transforming thought you and I have to embrace when it comes to inheritance. Most of us are grateful that we're saved in Christ, but most of us look down upon ourselves and believe we are worthy of no blessing on this side of eternity. We spend more time judging ourselves and, being on, um, and picking on ourselves and saying things about us that God doesn't even say about us. God actually, whether you like yourself or not, and it's hard to say those kind of things, actually wants to bless you so that you will like yourself because he really likes you. And so now we need to ask the question, if God actually wants me to understand that he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, what does that actually mean, every spiritual blessing? Now, that doesn't mean I'm just saved. There was a specific reason that Paul is saying every spiritual blessing. So let's begin to develop that. Let's take the word blessing and let's talk about it, what it means. And I found this interesting. There are several words for blessing, and it doesn't just mean happy. In the Beatitudes, it's the Greek word for happy, but it isn't this same Greek word in this statement. So the word blessing here actually means to confer a benefit upon somebody. So we could actually translate it, blessed be the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has conferred upon you. Now this idea is actually what we call a royal statement. See, in the kingdom of God, you're dealing with kingdom government and kingdom reality. So any, any blessing I have in my life, the king on his throne has looked upon you and conferred a blessing on you. That's why you're blessed. By the way, that can never be stolen from you if a king has conferred it upon you, and no one is allowed to steal that from you because the king has conferred it upon you. Okay, and so when we sit here and go, why is that person blessed and I'm not? Well, in God's economy, it has nothing to do with what they're being blessed with. And by the way, just so you guys can understand this, sometimes God has to motivate you certain ways, right? The Bible basically says you don't have because you don't ask. Do you realize that? So God has some things he just gives you in ignorance, and then there are other things he says, well, I'm going to wait until you ask me for this because I want to show you how much I love you by you asking. And so how does God motivate us? Now, a lot of people believe the motivation comes because God convicts us of our sin, right? Well, your sin, you need it. And we're always on that line. But have you ever seen someone get something from God and it makes you jealous? Okay, so five of you agreed to that, okay? <laughs> Paul said that his apostolic ministry was to provoke jealousy in the Jews so that they would come to Christ. Okay, you guys ready? So when God blesses somebody with something that you're longing for and you see it, he intentionally does that to cause a yearning in you to go, why am I not having that in my life? It's not you being immature and you being silly. He's intentionally making you jealous and long for something so he can stir something up inside of you to ask for your inheritance. Oh, cool, one person, all right. <laughs> You guys will be there with me. Now, think about that. If, if God says that you, and it's going to be hard to point to every one of you, but you are to receive every spiritual blessing, that means that there, in the kingdom of God, there's no lack of what God is willing to do in every area of your life. 
There is no lack. He says every spiritual blessing has been given to you in Christ. So this idea that God has favorites, this is a scripture that decimates that concept. So the question becomes, all right, if God has allotted this to me, why am I not possessing it? Why is there not a breakthrough going on? All right, well, let's just leave that hanging, and let's keep going to the scripture. Yeah. Wasn't that cute? Okay. Let's take the word heavenly here. By the way, a lot of times when the word heavenly is used, everybody thinks of a place. They don't think of an idea of a, an atmosphere or a rain or that kind of dimension. I want you to think more of that. This isn't a place. The scripture is not saying a place to go. It's talking about a reality of existence. Does that make sense to everybody? And so here when it says that you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, the, this word is actually interesting. It means there's this thing that God wants to do in your life it's good, so that's why it's described as heavenly. And God actually wants to intentionally, in seasons of your life, just dump that on you. So it's not, I have all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, and we're trying to figure out, how do I crawl up there and get it? It's more of the fact that you have this, and God allots seasons of dumping it on you. So you actually get to experience heavenly blessings on earth by the dumping of it from God. <laughs> That's a different way of saying it, isn't it? Okay, so that actually means, let me say it another way. You've been ordained to not leave, lead an ordinary life in Christ. You've been ordained to be blown out of the water by the goodness of God and it be a certain season where it's so recognizable by you and everybody around you that it brings joy to you. All right, so where was, how do I get up there and get it? No, the reality of it is, is how do I learn to receive it because God wants to dump it on me? All right, let's keep moving on. <coughs> then let's look at the word spiritual. Uh, again, spiritual, a lot of people think it just means the spirit, but here it means in, the, in the, um, what we would call the heavenly realm, how God brings all of this about. It might manifest in something in the physical, but it always starts with the spirit engaging us first. I, I found this to be consistent. Tell me if you guys see this in your life. I find that God usually tells me what he's going to do in my life before he does it. He announces a blessing. Hey, I'm going to do this. Now, are you guys like I am? God announces, hey, I'm going to bless you, but he doesn't put a time on it. <laughs> and then what we do is we, we go, wow, I really liked hearing that blessing, but I want it right now. Now, why does God pronounce a season of blessing and yet it takes a while to get there? Because he's doing the work in the heart. Now, I don't understand this. I see it in scripture, but I don't understand the wisdom of God at this stage with this. God is trying to prepare you to receive the blessing so that it doesn't destroy you. So depending on what God has promised you, he has to prepare you to be a receiver of it. Have you guys ever given something to somebody when they didn't earn it, but you gave it to them and they were too immature to handle it and they destroyed it? Well, God is really good in his kingdom. He says, okay, I'm going to do these things, but I'm going to do them in wisdom. So I'm going to tell you a blessing that's coming. It's going to create a longing inside of you. And by that longing, I'm going to create a dynamic of you coming into relationship with me so I can transform you to receive it. Like, uh, do you guys ever get excited for Christmas anymore? <laughs> Kids do. 
Most adults think, oh, I just have to pay for it all. But when you remember, at a certain point, as kids, you used to count the days until you reached that day, right? There was an anticipation. Well, that's the idea of spiritual blessings from God's side for you. He actually creates an expectation in you so that you will become motivated to change. All right, so let's look at the passage here now. God has decided in Christ that every spiritual blessing that is to be dumped upon you is to come into your life, and how does God actually do it? So now let's work through the, the steps of how God actually does this. There seems to be a tendency, I don't know what this is in the human heart. Uh, we were, I was talking with Paula before the meeting, and we were talking about just how things work in the kingdom. Every time um, people um, walk with God, they're always trying to figure out how to find a law to do something. So, and, and let me tell you why we do that. There's a tendency for relating with God to turn relationships, relationships into rules. Because it's easier to understand rules than it is to relate to a person, isn't it? <laughs> okay. Two people thought so. All right. So we went from one to two. All right. Now, now think about this with me. Why in God's economy does he call me to relate to him instead of just saying, if you follow these five steps, I'll give you that? Because there's a tendency inside of us to miss the bigger portion of what this is. It's, it's, I understand that God wants to give me these benefits, but I get the first blessing in the kingdom of heaven, which is called God. I get him. He's the best gift. And so by having to relate to him, I enjoy the relationship. And then it's like, hey, then I also get Christmas Day on top of it. All right? It's what we call the double satisfaction in the kingdom. Now, how does that actually take place? It's the Holy Spirit's job. Um, when we talk about healing, have you guys ever thought about this? In Isaiah 53 when it tells us that surely he bore our infirmities and carried away our diseases, a lot of people say, well, that's a guarantee right there that God will heal. And you guys ready? It actually is a guarantee that God will heal. Yeah. So why isn't everyone getting healed? Now, if you wrestle around with healing for a long time, I've done this for more than 20 years, and you teach people about healing and you raise up healing rooms, you have to wrestle with why everybody's not getting healed. And here's what the Lord, and I wrestled with it. If everyone's supposed to be healed, what is the problem with everybody? And I just thought, if they knew the scripture, then they would all get healed. And I taught everybody the scripture, and people still didn't get healed. So if that's a guarantee, and yet we're not getting healed, what's the disconnect? Well, it's the same thing here with all spiritual blessings. The benefits of Christ's suffering doesn't come through understanding. It comes through relationship. So, I want a benefit from God. It comes by the Holy Spirit announcing it, preparing me, and giving it to me. See if I can try to say that again. The benefits of what Christ has done on the cross, all the spiritual blessings in heavenly places, that's what he paid for, that is given to you by the Holy Spirit bringing it into your life. And so, that means, if I could go back to the Christmas analogy, Christmas morning is supposed to be what it's like to walk with God all the time. You don't wake up going, wow, I wonder if God wants to bless me. You actually come into a receiving mold. This is actually hard to actually tell Christians. Do you realize that after you got saved, God was trying to teach you how to become a receiver? 
everyone is trying to earn something from God. God doesn't want you to earn anything. He wants you to learn to receive from him. And so the Bible's always trying to tell you, look, you didn't save yourself. God gave it to you. So just learn to enjoy it. Like you didn't have spiritual gifts. Wasn't you earned them. He gave them to you. Does that make sense? The Bible is always trying to say, learn how to receive. In fact, Jesus modeled this in his life. He says, now look, when I go do ministry, I only do what I see the Father doing. So the Father did it first. The Son joined him in it. He tells us again in John 8, 38, he says, I don't say anything unless I hear the Father saying it. So he's saying, it's the Holy Spirit's job, the third person of the Trinity, to come and bring the benefit of the Father and the Son into my life. And so I need to be a person that says, I'm a receiver. Now, I have to be careful because the Bible does tell you to pursue God, but never think that pursuit is the highest standard in the kingdom. The only time that pursuit is called upon is when people get lazy and satisfied in the kingdom. But the, the pursuit is to awaken you to ask for re to receive. Does that make sense? It's kind of like a contradiction. God actually says, look, awaken and ask to get more from me. Now, are you guys ready? Here's the question. In the kingdom of God, are you a prince or a pauper? Now, positionally, you're all princes. But how do we actually act when it comes to this? Do I expect God to do these things in my life? When I see God bless another person, I just think, well, they're more holy than I am, so I should never expect that. Or someone gets healed, well, I shouldn't expect that. And guys, I understand the toughness of this. If you've been asking and asking and asking and not receiving, I understand the frustration of that. I really do. But the Bible says, look, understand how love works. God is teaching you, even in a difficult time, keep receiving. Keep asking. In fact, this whole idea of spiritual blessings is what we would call the renewal of the mercy of God every day to you. So every day, even though yesterday is gone now, we don't know what God wants to do today, and God has said every day is ordained by him to bring a spiritual blessing into your life. And so learning to renew your mind to realize he might not have answered it yesterday, but here we are today, what is expected from God? <laughs> I, I got to tell you, this is kind of funny. Before I ever met the Lord, you guys have to know that I grew up in a house that never went to church. Okay, the average American family. And um, on Sundays, instead of going to church, I'd wake up early and sneak down into the basement, and you have to be my age or older, and this will make sense to you. You know, back in those days, you only had three stations, <laughs> or PBS. And, and so, and you had program television, which meant you had to set your life in order to the program. They still do that today, but we're getting away from that. And I wanted to watch Bugs Bunny, and Bugs Bunny came on early Sunday morning. And so I'd have to wake up and sneak down into my basement and turn the TV on while everyone else is asleep to watch Bugs Bunny, because I love Bugs Bunny. But I always woke up too early, so I always was watching Oral Roberts, because he was on <laughs> before Bugs Bunny. <laughs> and I, I didn't know the Lord. And um, any of you ever watch Oral Roberts? Ever. His big uh, branding statement was, um, believe something good will happen. And so, and they sang that and did all that. 
And I used to sit back and just kind of watch him. This is before I knew the Lord. I'd sit back and watch him, and I was like, why is this guy crying about a guy that's been dead for 2,000 years? And then he's telling everybody to believe something good will happen, and they sing about it all the time. Right? And then I, I want him to get over that, hurry up, get through it, so I can watch Bugs Bunny. Right? Well, now here I come to the Lord later on in life, and he said, don't you realize way back then when you didn't even know it, I was announcing my kingdom to you. You guys, it's, it's almost incredible to say this to you. God is wanting you to expect, like Oral Roberts say, a miracle every day from him because his nature is miraculous. And so he only functions in miracles. Can I say that one more time to you guys? God's nature is miraculous. He doesn't do miracles to prove he's God. He does miracles because that's his nature. His nature is miraculous. Everything he does is powerful and dramatic. And so because he's that way, you should be expecting him to come that way in every situation in your life. God doesn't have to diminish who he is to relate to us. In fact, he actually asks us to see him the way he is and relate to him that way. And so think about that with me. When I come to God, when you come to God, do you actually expect him to do something dramatic in every situation you bring, him to, uh, bring to him? You ready? I don't. So how does God bring a breakthrough of renewing my mind to get me there? Now, I'm going to give you one more point and then we'll finish up and pray. Okay? The Bible says there's a couple ways to step into this if you don't have the strength to do it on your own. One is called the power of testimony. I actually appreciate YouTube, not for all the filth that's on it, but for all the Christian stuff that's on it. It's free Christian uh, testimony television. So if I need to be encouraged in some area that I have weakness, I just watch videos of people getting God answering that prayer in their life. And as they do it, because those are God encounters showing the true nature of God doing miraculous things, it actually helps me work through the hardness of my heart so that I become a receptor and I begin to expect it. Um, I was watching, have you guys ever heard of Charles and Francis Hunter? They used to be called the Happy Hunters. <laughs> they, they, someone dumped all their training video on YouTube. It's like 23 hours of how to do healing. And all their videos, they always are praying for people. And back in my days, when I was first training in the vineyard, we used to make fun of the Happy Hunters. We just thought, these guys are so silly. Well, now I respect them. I don't know what was wrong with us in the vineyard in the springs, but... If you watch their videos, I'm telling you, faith and expectation just hit your heart when you watch them do all the stuff they do. Uh, I watched the video. I had my back hurting one time, and I was watching the videos, and I had so much faith released to me from watching the videos that I actually put my hands out while I'm watching the videos and said, Holy Spirit, come, and the Lord just landed on me and healed my back from watching testimony. Okay, so if you don't have what's necessary for this to be a dynamic, let someone else bring you into it by them telling you their stories. I, I love doing it. Do you guys ever do that? Right now, I think it's funny. Eight years ago, I posted on YouTube videos of John Wimber at the Signs, Wonders, and um, Church Growth Conference where they functioned in the, and it's coming up every day now. So they're, they're saying, eight years ago, you posted this on your Facebook page. So I'm like, oh, cool. So I'm now watching it again. And as I'm watching it, I'm having the arrows of the miraculous hit my heart again, and an expectation is being raised up inside of me. Now, you guys ready? There is a weariness 
that comes from living in a fallen world that you have to be aware of. And you need to come to a place where you can come to the river of the miraculous again and drink and let it satisfy your heart. Okay, let's pray. Uh, so grateful you're this way, Lord. So grateful. Would you come? Holy Spirit, come. Bring your power. Bring your presence. <laughs> Thank you for audio recordings. Lord, would you, inside of us, uh, I understand the weariness that goes on with this. So I ask that a cleansing would come from your very presence into our souls. You say in scripture that you want to release your power inside of us so that we would be rooted and grounded in love. Would you come now and release your power so that we would be rooted and grounded in love? Would you awaken our expectations inside of us? And Lord, if we've ended up putting our expectations into to defeat, would you break the power of that and bring our expectations in alignment with your blessings in our life? I thank you for each person here, and I ask right now, Lord, bring the fullness of your covenant blessing over their lives, spiritually, physically, emotionally, relationally, and financially in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, if this is you, please, we are, Paul already had people stand, but I have some words of knowledge here also. If this is you, please stand and we'll, we'll pray for you. If you have pain in your jaw, so it's specifically the right side, but if you have pain in your jaw in general, would you stand? And I'm so sorry you're dealing with that. Pain in your jaw, jaw pain. All right, uh, the Lord was showing me that someone's dealing with some kind of colon issue, and he just kind of said it's a colon thing. So he could have given me Crohn's or any of that other stuff, but it was colon pain. So it's, you know, it's not the top part of your stomach. It's actually more pain here in the lower part of your stomach. So if you have pain in the lower part of your stomach, would you stand? The Lord wants to minister it to you. Uh, he was showing me that someone, um, I thought it was interesting, it wasn't carpal tunnel, but it was actually like this inflammation and pain on the right side of um, someone's arm. So, you guys, when God shows one arm, it means both, okay? So if you have pain and inflammation in your arms around your elbow area, would you stand? The Lord wants to minister to you. So sorry you guys are dealing with this. Okay. And then I had... Uh, uh, a man, I specifically saw a man walking with a cane. You don't have to be this, but that's how God gets some of this across. You have pain in your right leg, and it makes it difficult to walk. So is there a, now, this doesn't have to be a man. That's what God was showing me. But if you have pain in your right leg, both men and women stand. That's what the Lord wants to deal with, okay? And again, I'm sorry you're dealing with that. All right, I'm going to pray for this, and then I'm going to give some other words of knowledge here. Put your hands out like you're receiving. So we have to learn how to do this. Put your hands out like you're receiving, okay? Now, when we pray for you, it is not your job to pray for yourself. You're receiving now, okay? So if you want something to do while we're praying for you, focus on God's love for you. Just say, Lord, you're just awesome. That's all you have to do, okay? You don't have to pray for I'm not asking you to pray for yourself, okay? We're going to pray for you. So everyone that didn't stand up, join me in uh, coming into agreement with these prayers, okay? Holy Spirit, come right now. Bring your power and your presence over these people. Now release your power over their bodies, Lord. In the name of Jesus. I break the power of pain. 
I command the, the pain in the mouth, the pain in the, the torso, the pain in the arm, and the pain in the legs to just be broken right now in the name of Jesus. And I ask Holy Spirit that you would release restoration to this part of their body right now in the name of the Lord. Come, Lord, more. Now let's just wait a moment. Come, Lord, more. I bless your name. One other thing I'm going to address. Anywhere where you've been told that God will never come through in this situation or someone has made a pronouncement that God will not intervene, I break the power of that right now. And I ask, Lord, that you would just come in the fullness of your goodness over them and renew them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, mighty one. You are good and your mercy endures forever. We just bless your name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. All right. Okay, so Joanne, I need you to stand. I actually had a word for you and Tim, but Tim's not here. Um, okay, so Joanne, the Lord wanted me to tell you this. It's funny, he actually was talking to me about when you first came to him, and he wanted me to tell you there was a cry in your heart that he has answered, and he's actually fulfilling it, and it's about your character. And he actually says that you're faithful in his house. You've been faithful for years. And because you've always been faithful with little, God is going to bless you with lots. And God is going to bless you in your marriage. He's going to bless you with your children because of your faithfulness. You're a testimony of a prayer that you've asked when you first came to the Lord that God is faithful and he's produced that inside your life. So can we pray for that for you? So Lord, for Joanne. This whole idea that she has committed her life to you, I ask that the blessing of that would come upon her now and over her family and her children in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We come into agreement with your covenant inheritance for their family. Release it, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Here's, this is for Tim. Uh, you can tell him this later. Uh, the Lord said he's taking him specifically through a training right now, and he's directing his steps because Tim is going to be leading a lot of people to the Lord. And this intensity that's actually going on in his life, God is going to bring um, a maturing love upon him so that when he moves with the authority he has, it's going to be a demonstration of God's love. And so he just wants you to prepare his heart because he's being stretched in that area right now. So Lord, for Tim, would you release the steps to walk close with Jesus? And I felt like the Lord was saying over your whole entire family that courage and hope are being restored to you. That God is going to restore courage and hope to your family. And so, Lord, I release that right now. We just ask that the favor of hope and courage would come over Joanne and Tim and over their family right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, is there a, a lady here? Now, I, I'm kind of stretching out and doing this. So is there a woman here named Rachel or someone that knows someone named Rachel? Okay, so you know someone named Rachel? And who else said yeah? Okay. And okay, so this is fun trying to do this stuff. So here's what you get to do. I'm going to give you what the Lord showed me about this person, and you get to pray about it and give it to him. Isn't that exciting? Okay, so here's what I had. Uh, for Rachel's life right now, I actually saw the glory of the Lord actually coming towards her. And he told me that 
for her a time of joy and boldness was going to be released to her. And so for whoever it is, it might be all three of you, I don't know, but let's just pray that that happens. Okay, so come into agreement with me. Lord, you gave me this person's name. I ask that for this person named Rachel, that the boldness of your presence would come over them, that there would be a time of restoration and joy that would come over their life. We just command that to come forth right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. amen. All right, um, I had a girl, another girl named Jenny. Does anyone here named Jenny or know a person named Jenny? So we're, we're so you're two, and who's... Okay, well, now we get to try to figure it out again. You know, I keep asking, Lord, could you make this simpler on me? Could you give me their first and last name? But we're not there yet. Um, but I'm going to be very specific. This Jenny has red hair. Okay, so it's Jenny. She has red hair, and God has actually given her the um, anointing, he said, for healing relationships. And that he was actually going to bless that and bring his power and his presence on that in a greater measure. So could we pray for that? Yeah. All right. And you could still tell them that, even though they don't have red hair, or they'll see what happens. Okay. So, Lord, we just ask that this thing that's going on in Jenny's life, this release of healing and restoration in relationships, we ask that an increase of it would come. That you would bless her and strengthen her in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, um, I think that's it. Yeah, that's actually it. Uh, I'm going to take one more shot. This is always fun for me to do this. Is there someone here with the last name? It's Sanchez. Sanchez? Sanchez. Or know someone named Sanchez? <laughs> what is it? Uh, so is, is the first person, is their name Tina? No. Okay. Okay. Well, um, let's talk after the meeting, and I'll, I'll give you what I have for that, Okay. All right, so let me finish up. Are you guys ready? Here's how we're going to, do you want to say anything or do you just want me to pray a blessing over them? Okay, so I want you guys to stand. And after this, after you do this with each other, I guess go eat. Is that what you want to say? Okay, so get with, turn with, to someone you don't know or if you do know them, say hey. And let's get in groups of two real quick. And let's learn to pronounce a blessing on each other, okay? Okay.